0: Hey you guys and welcome back to the Core Speaks Podcast. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Miss Lil. Miss Lil is a librarian and she is based in the Blackville, South Carolina area. She's been a librarian for about 20 years, and she also has experience as a substitute teacher. Um, she is also a Mennonite, and today we're going to be talking about a lot of different things as it relates to her career as well as home skills. Hi Miss Lil, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good, how about you? I'm doing yes. good. So if it's okay with you, I'm gonna ask you a few questions okay. and we're gonna start um, as it relates to your career as a librarian. So okay. tell me a little bit about this process.
1: As being a librarian? Yes. Well, it's really been changed the last while. We had a lot more people coming in before but um, now we're doing things virtually. Um, okay. We're also doing story walks outside. Um, the virtual in the virtual is with connected with a school, and the teachers come in with their devices. Okay. And then we um, we do a story time just like the kids used to come here. Maybe. Um, 15 or 20 kids would come with their teachers. Okay. And we would read some books and do some action things and do a craft just to help kids realize and relate books to fun things. Okay. And so um, we're doing that virtually now. So I prepare a packet ahead of time and I take it to the school and the teachers pass it out because moms come every um week to pick up new material for their kids okay and so my packet is ready to go and i have in there things that are going to relate to my story time and so we do this in the library so it feels like the child isn't like just at school again or just at home like they're actually coming here to the library physically yes okay physically coming And then we do the same things. I mean, some of these children would have been in our class last year, and some of them wouldn't have. But, um, yeah, we read them a story. And this year, I did it in um, December. The the last one I did was December, and their theme was winter. And so I chose snow. And this book, The First Day of Winter, was kind of my jump start. And then... um, yeah, we talk about snow being when it's cold. And, you know, even though we don't have snow down here in South Carolina, right. we can, you know, this is the time of the year for it. Okay. So um, we built a snowman because that's what was in the book. And they use natural materials. And so that's what I did. You gather twigs and berries from bushes and... Um, I did some rocks, some leaves, um, they use pine cones, but I use gumballs, um, just anything natural, um, because along with doing story time at the library, I am a part of the Garden Club, and every organization wants you to work with another organization okay. to make yeah, make contact. Don't just be within yourself. reach out into your community Mm -hmm. and so if i do this story time and do a craft or read books about gardens Mm -hmm. then we're helping children understand um, the thing about gardening so to build a snowman you start with a plain white bag basically i use cloth for the scarf and the mittens but I made an orange, uh, a carrot out of construction paper. Okay. And you know I use rocks and berries. But if somebody would want to use all paper, they can use the paper and make a snowman as well. Okay. But um, it's a little more fun to use natural. <laughs> Things that are growing, you know, that were alive when we brought them in. I mean, they were growing, you know.
0: Okay. Yeah. So tell me a little bit briefly about um, how the COVID has, you know, changed how things were done before, before everything happened last year.
1: Okay. Well, before, there was like a lot more of groups coming in. Mm -hmm. And we would read these stories here and okay. do the activities with the children okay and it wasn't a quiet time in the library right but we want the kids to learn what is at the library okay because yeah libraries don't have the usage that they had at one time mm-hmm. so we're always trying to figure out how we can do outreach things Well, before COVID, you know, we were able to bring them in and do the same thing like I just talked about. We read the books. We do action songs Mm -hmm. or little, you know, finger things or make letters, you know, make a C, make a, you know. Okay. Any of those kind of things to make so that kids, because seeing is believing. Right. So if they come in the library and they see us do it. Have the books with us. We read the books, mm-hmm. then we do something fun right behind it. You know, sometimes a kid doesn't want to sit still for right. a book, but if you read a book and then do an activity like um, the other, the the other virtual story time was nursery rhymes. Okay. And my um, the, well, one of the things I did is Jack be nimble, Jack be quick, Jack jump over the candlestick, and I had just battery-lit candles, mm-hmm. and I put them out on the floor. Okay. And I jumped over them. I gave them paper candles in okay. their pack. Okay. So being in here, see, we would have done it with those, with the little battery lights. Right. It would have been more fun, I know. But and
0: interactive. But,
1: yeah, but 20 kids, you can't send home battery candles right. with 20, for 20 kids. Right. We don't have that kind of funding. Not okay.
0: <laughs> so going back to the recent project with the snowman, can you kind of talk about um, how you were able to still do it with the kids, but it, with the students, but in a different way? So did you have to go to the school, or what did you have to do um, relating to the story time in that project?
1: No, I stayed here. Okay. But what I did is I made up a packet. Okay. And I had all the things in it. Like I had I had this paper with the the sequence thing. Okay. I had a packet with the snowmen and the snowballs to do one, two, three, four, five. And I had this in it. I had the cloth in it. Okay. So that then the teachers sent the packet home. Okay. And then the kids had what I was able to furnish them in front of them. Okay. And then I encouraged them to go out in the yard and find a twig. Find some berries, ask their neighbor if they don't have any berries, if they can get some berries from them. Okay. You know, that kind of thing.
0: Okay. Okay. And overall was it a good project?
1: Well, I yeah, I I love projects. I do I, I do good with hands on. I that's yeah. Okay. More it's easier for me to do I mean a hands on thing. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many kids were listening for sure this time. I think the last time there were more, but they've had a little bit of a changeover at school. Right. And so I don't know how many were on this time.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, that sounds really interesting. Um, my next question has to do with um, your different home skills that you've shared with me as it relates to um, your childhood growing up and your lifestyle as a Mennonite. So I wanted to ask you Um, Some of the things that you do, which consist of gardening, sewing, um, baking, and the different things that you learned as a young girl. So can you tell me a little bit about that and the importance of just having those sharp skills?
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, basically, in a Mennonite home, we're taught from little up to help. Do you know the cleaning at home, help do the baking, um, so that by the time we're young teenagers, mm-hmm. we're able to bake a cake, you know, clean the bathroom, um, vacuum all that stuff without any extra prompting. And then, like, along with that, the gardening, you know, if you have a garden space and Mennonite and home, every Well, every Mennonite home I know of has, you know, some land Mm -hmm. and then you garden so that you can grow your own stuff so that you don't have to depend on the (laughs) cans and the freezer, the frozen stuff at the, at the supermarket. You can just, you know, do it yourself, you know, can your own green beans, grow your own lettuce and, and um, kale. Yeah. That's, that's what's growing right now is our spinach and kale.
0: Okay. So in this season, th- those are the different items that are growing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you been growing in the past? Or Oh, oh well, hold on, hold on. the whole line. Okay. <laughs> like potatoes, sweet
1: potatoes and regular potatoes, corn, green beans, lima beans, the purple hull peas, the southern okay. pea, um, all kinds of flowers and herbs because I would want flavorings and seasonings. And so we grow herbs to help. Okay. You know, give you that that extra, um, the extra flavorings instead of having, you know, just to be more self-sufficient. Just okay. Just have it right at your fingertips. And you'll find, or I do anyways, if you have this stuff growing in your yard, you're a lot more apt to use it oftener. Okay. Because you can just go out and get what you need right, right. in. You don't have to sit down and make a list and plan, now I'm going to make this this recipe, so I'm gonna need all of these things. Okay. You know, you've got them all growing or have them growed, and then you dried them or froze them or something.
0: Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, going back to the herbs, and could you tell me a little bit about growing the herbs and um, the importance of them? Because I know you said something about them making that the house, house smell good, good and the aroma mm-hmm. and stuff. So, mm-hmm. could you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yes, yeah, sure. Um, Well, some of the first things that I think of, some of the first herbs I think of are like rosemary and lavender and mint. Mm -hmm. Um, Rosemary and mint grow really good here in the South. Lavender is a little harder to grow. Okay. But um, rosemary, it's a wonderful flavoring. It's stronger than some herbs or whatever. But um you can strip the leaves off, soak it in water, use it as a skewer and it'll flavor your meat. Okay. Or you can the the twigs are soft enough that they would bend and you could make hearts, take two twigs, tie it together at the top and tie it at the bottom, and make a heart and then hang them over like say your doorknobs or your, your cupboard knobs okay. um on the bathroom door. Just different places, and that makes your house smell good. And if you're growing it in the garden, every couple of days you just go get some fresh ones and okay. bring it in. And the mint, you can put it in the water, okay. and it makes the room smell good the same way with rosemary. Okay. Just put it in as a um, in a vase, just like, you know, instead of flowers, just use rosemary.
0: Okay. So about how long does it take to see the results after you've grown um You know, those items, the herbs, and then the different items in your garden. So, what's the time frame like once you... How
1: long it takes to grow it? Yes. Now, rosemary, I have that actually in some pots out there in front of the library. But the rosemary grows slower. And it's more of a woody bush. Okay. And it'll stay green all year long. Okay. Um, So, I would say two or three years before you can actually start cutting too much off of it. Gotcha. The mint... The more you cut it, the more it grows. It'll okay. be right away. But mint dies down in the winter, okay? So it's not out there right now. Right, you can't go get it. So when it grows, you know, when it grows about 12 inches, then I just go cut it and dry it. You okay, just lay it a fresh, a clean sheet on a bed or somewhere on the floor, somewhere in a room that's not used very much. Okay, and then air dry it. And when it's dry, put it in bags or gallon jugs or something. Okay. And that way, you want mint tea? You just go get those dried leaves, and you put your own leaves in instead okay. of buying a tea bag with mint in it. Right.
0: Okay. So, can you tell me a little bit about? Um, you know, you also make jams, and mm-hmm. you you say that you bake. You're a wedding caterer. Can you tell me a little bit about that as well?
1: Well, the jams, whatever's in season, like strawberry or peach raspberry mm-hmm. yeah we just make it when it's in season and put okay. it in the freezer
0: okay so it's just that simple yeah it's okay just that simple.
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> well I mean okay like for strawberry jam and peach jam we like ours to taste fresh it's not gonna taste like your typical strawberry jam okay. that you would buy at the grocery at the store. store right um we we cook Sure gel, you buy sure gel and sugar mm-hmm. and water. I mean, you don't buy the water, but you you put those three things together and you boil it for like four or five minutes or something. Okay and here over here on the side, you have crushed fresh strawberries. Okay. And then after you've boiled this water mixture, you incorporate it into your strawberries and you mm-hmm. stir, 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 stir for maybe another five minutes. okay. And then you pour it into jars and let it set. And that sugar gel that has been boiled with that sugar helps the strawberries thicken. Okay. And then we put it in jars. Well, so, you know, we want it to taste fresh. Mm-hmm. So we don't boil it again. We don't boil those strawberries. Okay. And that's why we have to keep ours in the freezer. Okay. It's because it's called freezer jam. Okay. So that the. Um, yeah, it just tastes fresh. Okay. Yeah, you won't believe the difference. I don't even like, I'm sorry, but I don't even buy strawberry jam right. at the store.
0: That's actually my favorite jam, strawberry. Yeah, Normally, it? I put that on my biscuits and everything. Okay. So, um, to hear that, that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, I'd like you to taste some of mine Okay. See, see what you think of it.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And But it does last once you put it in the freezer. Freezer.
1: Yeah, well, we keep it in the freezer. And then tomorrow morning when I want some more strawberry jam, I get it out a little bit ahead. But see, it has enough sugar in that It doesn't freeze hard, hard, hard. Okay. Sugar keeps stuff from freezing hard, 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 hard.
0: Okay. I mean, it
1: freezes, but not. Okay. Not as hard as, say, a package of meat you put in or whatever.
0: Okay. Yeah. And so you also, um, you were saying something about planting the, Was it the barrels? Oh, the barrels in
1: Blackville.
0: Right. Yes,
1: I'm a part of the garden club. And there again, like I said, we're supposed to reach out.
0: Okay. And
1: so instead of just doing things for myself, we beautify our town. The town. Okay. Right. We also there for a while was doing the nursing home, but there were not enough youngish people in the club. That we couldn't keep after. And like With the now, garden club. Yeah, okay. they don't really want us coming in there anymore, anyhow. But um, yeah, we just try to keep plants in or something that looks nice, like help landscape. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I landscaped here between the community building and the library. Okay. And I did the landscape down by the um, Brussels Pizza. Okay. And yeah, just. There again, just helping the town look good. And by knowing which plants, you know, like um, violas and pansies and kale and those kinds of things, mm-hmm. are the things to plant now. Okay. Um, then come summer, those will die, and then we put in like marigolds or periwinkles
0: or something that lasts okay. through the heat. Okay. And I'm pretty sure they. Once the weather changes, they they look so nice and beautiful. So yeah,
1: they look better. I mean, like right now, I don't have any planted down at downtown because okay. I pulled the barrels back a little bit. I don't know if you noticed the three angels on both sides or not. Okay. But the Garden Club was responsible for getting those three angels. Well, it's actually six, but three on one side and three on the other. Okay. Getting those angels put there. And so I didn't want anything in the barrels, but I planted the barrels in front of the town hall with those violas and hoping once it's not quite so chilly as it is today, they'll pop on out.
0: Okay. And tell me a little bit about you being a wedding caterer as well as um, when did you start sewing and tell me about Mm -hmm. that as well. Well, sewing,
1: my mom taught me,
0: like I said, we
1: learn, you know, when we're young. I don't remember when she would have first tried to get me to sew, Mm -hmm. but we discovered I didn't like sewing as good as I (laughs) like cooking. Okay. And so um, when I was in high school, I think it was... It must have been my sophomore year. I took home ec. Junior, Mm -hmm. I guess my freshman and sophomore year, I took home ec. Mm -hmm. And we had to make a dress. Okay. And, yeah, I just had so much trouble. I just couldn't see through it, and it didn't go good for me. And my mom loves sewing. She couldn't understand why. But she stuck it out, and with home ec, I learned how to sew. I make my own dresses today.
0: Oh, wow. But
1: she— I would love to
0: see some of those.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was meaning a little bit ago, that I wish I could have a pattern to lay on fabric. Okay. You know, to just show you where we start. Okay. You know, when we're thinking about making a dress. Okay. Um, But, um, so that would have been, and the cooking, okay, so when I was in um, high school as a sophomore, we could choose if we wanted to go to like a, A vocational school. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I don't think they call them vocational schools anymore. Mm -hmm. But anyways, I couldn't decide if I wanted to do horticulture or if I wanted to do food service. So it ended up, and it's funny because I like both of those things today yet. But I did food service. So I would have learned how to cook at home. Mm -hmm. I knew how to make bread. I knew how to, to make cakes and, you know, cook cook a meal. I remember one Mother's Day, before I was, I had to be eighth grade or something, Mm -hmm. I had a meal for some of mom's family or something for Mother's Day, for her gift, for her. But I would have said, by me taking food service training in high school, helped me get, you know, my basics. And I just love cooking, and so I've stuck with it all these years. Okay. And, um. Yeah, I used to work at Miller's, but there were a lot of changes there, so I I quit, but I still do catering, and I still take orders if people, you know, want stuff done. Like, I made I made six dozen cookies for one person um, over Christmas, the gingerbread men, and cut out cookies, and... Okay. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: are you... Do you prefer cooking or baking? And then, what are your favorite things to cook? What are your oh. favorite things to bake?
1: Oh, my... <laughs> No, I can't say that I I like one over the other. Okay. I like them both. I just like being in the kitchen. Okay. I like turning out a good product.
0: Okay.
1: Um cooking No, I don't know about that either. What I would say is my favorite. Okay. Um See, uh, and back then, even my mom would always start with a meat, and then build her meal around it. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what I do, you do. Okay. You know, now, still, I mean, I've learned that we don't need as much meat as we used to think we mm-hmm. had. And I grew up on a farm, so we always had meat. Okay. And it wasn't, you know, as expensive as it is now to have to buy. And it, it
0: probably tastes better. better. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to yeah. tastes better to too. have your own. Mm-hmm. Okay. But
1: just anything, just like this last wedding was um, chicken Alfredo. Okay. And I made the sauce from scratch. We, you know, do the butter and put the flour and put the cream and the mm-hmm. milk and then the parmesan cheese in. And. and you know, cook the noodles. Now, they had barbecued the chicken ahead. Okay. And then we just added it to the sauce. Okay. But some weddings, we do, like, ham. We've grilled ham, barbecued chicken, um, pork loin. Yeah, just a whole, I don't know, whole line of food. Okay. But basically, the people I cater for are people that know me. And, okay, so if you go and get a venue or get a cater, they only have certain things that Mm -hmm, they'll do. mm -hmm. And a lot of times that's not the same as what I want, you know, because that might not have been what I was growing up with, you know. Okay. And so that's one thing I guess I think about my type of catering is Mm -hmm. they can tell me what they want and I make it instead of
0: me telling them they got to choose one of this or this. Okay. And you also do a lot of holiday cooking, right? I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. so yeah. I'm pretty sure um, for Christmas you guys went all out and everything. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, um, is there anything else that you would like to share as it relates to um, you being a librarian? Um, why do you love, you know, working with kids and, you know, reading and stuff like that? Wow. Well, kids are our future, for one mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And they're
1: so receptive and open and... Okay, I was only able... I only have one child. And I just needed to be able to relate to children. Okay. And and pass on what we know. Okay. Because only if we tell them will they... Catch, I mean, some of them will read and learn it. But a lot of kids learn a lot more by a hands-on. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: I just... I don't know. I just like to encourage people and make other people's lives interesting, too. (laughs) Okay.
0: And why do you feel it's important to, you know, pick up a book and read it and really just.
1: So there was this man walking along on the beach. No, there was this man sitting on the beach, Mm -hmm. and this young child was walking
0: along. Okay.
1: Oh, dear. I can't remember which way it was. I think the older person... Huh. Well, anyways, the moral of the story is the person walking was picking up um, sand dollars and throwing them back out in the ocean. Mhm. I think it was a child. And the older man was he said, "Son, look across the beach here. There's thousands of sand dollars." Mhm. You can't throw them all back out." Right. And and they and he said he picked one up and he threw it out and he said, "But I made a difference for that one." And that's what I, I want to make a difference to my community. Okay. Make a difference, a better, make it a better place than it okay. was before I came through. Okay. And you said something about books. Why should you pick up books? Let me go get this little phrase. I have it back here on the This is kind of my thing about books. I can go anywhere, be anyone, learn to juggle, study the sun, speak a new language, knit my own socks, get lost in comics or identify rocks, solve a mystery or follow history. None of this is hard. I can do anything at all if I have a library card. Wow. Wow. So, I really love that. <laughs> yeah, so that's one reason why I think it's important to be surrounded with books. hmm If you can't afford to go somewhere, you can do all this right here.
0: Just by picking up a book, reading by picking it. up a book.
1: Okay. Well. And, f- encourage
0: all your friends to come to the Platinum Library. <laughs> okay. Well, it's been such a pleasure um, speaking with you about your career. Um, your 20-year career as it relates to being a librarian, being a sub, not only that, um, all the different skills that you've learned since you were a young, you know, preteen, and the importance of just being sufficient and knowing how to cook, how to clean, how to garden. It, it's, you're really inspiring me because, um, of course, I have some of those skills, but to just know that you know how to do all of those things you're like a superwoman, so I think that's really, really neat. Um, but I just want to say thank you very much for taking this moment to allow me to interview you. I'm it has sure. been indeed a pleasure, and thank you again for this. Yeah, well,
1: I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. You're looking back over it.